Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Fleet Tucker. I'm your host, John Murray. I want to welcome you back to back to my podcast. Uh, for those, as I used to start off every podcast, for those who have been loyal viewers from day one since I started this podcast, I want to say I want to say thank you for um, for being with me, and I hope you continue to do so. And for any possible new viewers, I want to welcome you to the podcast and hopefully um, hopefully you'll enjoy your stay and I uh, hope you'll keep keep coming on keep coming back uh, I know my last podcast I think I spent about the first 10 minutes or so it might be longer than that uh, talking about talking about things that have happened to me within you know with within the last week and a half we shall say um, I'm not going to de- I'm not going into total details, but uh, part of part part of the uh, beginning of the episodes, and again, still serious. If anybody anybody out there, it doesn't matter where you're from. If you're from the city I live in, to who knows where to ten buck two. Uh, if anybody wants to reach out to me, please reach out to me via Anchor. If not, I do have a Facebook, do have a Twitter account. Uh, my Twitter account is it's it's the the John Mary three. I did take the part from it because you know how Ohio State wants to be the Ohio State University. It was kind of a a joke off of that. But with that being said. Um, like I said, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. I do I do not do Instagram or I do not do that. I don't do the TikTok and all that other stuff. I do not do um, my only outlet is Facebook and Twitter and I do no more than that. Uh, but of course obviously I do podcasts here and whatnot. So uh, I have looked into a possibility of doing maybe a another podcast, but again that is something that I had not sat down and figured out how that would go about, but again, it's something in the back of my back of my mind. Um, you know, for those people out there, you have that route that kind of hits you hits you in the face. And for me, a week and a half ago, reality hit me in the face and made me realize that that I've got to be more concerned about my health and hopefully. This will be part of my part of this where I would love to be able to sit down to do podcasts and talk to guests and and do something different. This is something that I can do. Know I can do it. Uh, but again, it's more where someone has to want to gamble on me. And I believe that I am worth that gamble. So again, I will keep. I will say once again, anybody out there that wants a guy that can talk football for hours, maybe hours upon hours, who has a different take on things, reach out to me. Let me know. I'll take all offers. Take all offers very seriously. Any event, enough. Of, enough of that. In this in this episode, we'll co- we'll cover a few things. Um, I'm gonna jump right into it, as my fans know. I'm not much on 
I gotta be. I don't want to beat around the bush. Um, I'll talk about my Cincinnati Bengals, and I'll talk about Joe Burrow in general. Uh, Joe Burrow had, had come out, had come out recently, and made some comments to the effect where the Cincinnati Bengals faithful should get used to this. What that means is the Bengals should get used to being in the playoffs more often. Now that Joe Burrow, the Jamar Chases of the world are there. Now, certainly I did not take this as any backlash. I did not take this as they were trying to upset the Tennessee Titans by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't take it like that. Far from it anyway. Now, being a Bengal fan, I don't really have a problem with what Joe says. Joe is just basically, in a nutshell, he's trying to tell the fan, the Cincinnati Bengal fan base, hey, hey, this is this is this is the new Cincinnati Bengals. This is not the Cincinnati Bengals that you're that you're used to seeing be one of the worst franchises in in the league. And that's basically what he's telling the fan base. And again, I have no issue with that. I think. The biggest problem that I would have, if I have a problem, is is you get ready to play the Tennessee Titans. If it was me, I gotta put my focus on the Tennessee Titans. Now, I know the rumors running around that Derrick Henry could very well be back this week. That's not beneficial. I've heard and everybody should report that he is doing contact drills, which is which is sounds like very sounds very good. But I don't see Mike Rabel putting Derrick Henry out there. If he does play, put him right out there. And he's going to get 30 carries. I don't see that. Can I see Derrick Henry getting 10, 11, 12 carries? Oh, yeah, I can certainly see that. But you've got Foreman who's done well. Hillard has stepped in and done well. The running, there's a couple of guys that have stepped in. Foreman and Hillard have stepped in and have done in a good job replacing Henry. The biggest thing is Ryan Tannehill. Is what Ryan Tannehill would you get? On a weekly basis, Ryan's been up and down this year, and you don't know what Ryan Tannehill will get. Now, love me some AJ Brown. Again, Julio, the last game of the season, Julio played better, but again, Julio's best days are behind him. You're not going to see the Julio Jones that you saw back in the Atlanta Falcons days, because Julio was one of the best receivers in the game. He was at one point in time top two or three receivers in this game. Make no, no mistake about it. But that Julio Jones is not there anymore. Now, with the Bengals faithful, I can see this. My biggest problem with the Bengals has always been that not that they can't move the ball, they certainly can. But the offensive line, when people bring this up, that's my biggest concern is the offensive line. Can it, will it be able to protect Joe Burrow enough? Now, Tennessee's defense has had moments where it's looked really good. We've had moments where it looked really bad. But the thing is, what Tennessee's defense is going to show up, and that's going to be the situation. This defense, they're playing the Bengals. They've got to show up. They've got to play the lights out ball because the Bengals', deep, Bengals offense has played lights out a lot. A lot this year, and that's Tennessee's defense has got to figure a way to stop Joe Burrow, to stop Jamar Chase, to T. Higgins, to Tyler Boyd's the world. And you can't forget Joe Mixon. 
then again, on the other side of the foot, I'm not really sold on Cincinnati's defense. Now, the one thing about Cincinnati, they are ranked fifth, I believe, run defense in the entire NFL, which is, which is remarkable, excellent. But they've also lost a couple of guys in that defense, on that defensive line, and that is going to hurt. Now, I don't have a prediction right off the bat who I really believe is going to win the game. But I will go back to basically what Joe Burrow said. I have no problem with Joe. Joe's trying not to see the Bengal fan base going. But the problem is about Joe, let's focus on one game at a time. Let's focus on the Tennessee Titans. If you can luck out and get past Tennessee Titans in the AFC Championship game against either Kansas City or the Buffalo Bills, then good luck on either one of those teams. Now, I know Cincinnati Bengals, if they get past Tennessee, they can hang their hats and say, hey, we beat Kansas City early in the season. We did. Now, I'm not sure. To me, right now, part of me is leaning towards picking the Buffalo Bills over the Kansas City Chiefs, even though Kansas City is at home. But again, that could all change. But to be honest with you, again, got no problem with Joe Burrow said. But the thing is, if we start looking ahead to 2022, well, let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens in their own division. Now, the Ravens have had a slew, a slew of injuries this year. It's pretty crowded. Yeah, I mean, you know, Lamar Jackson this last, what, four games of the season. you got to remember, you lost your top three running backs right at camp, during camp. You gotta figure Lamar be healthy. Those three running backs should be should be back. Now Bateman, Bateman, a good young receiver, will have a year under his belt. You still got Mark Andrews, still got Marquis, Marquis Brown. Hopefully the offensive line will get healthy next season as well. And the defense, the defense went through injuries. The secondary should get healthy, well, should be healthy by next season. Now, there's times when the Ravens defense has not played like, well, the Ravens defense. At one point in time, Ravens had one of the best, one of the most feared defenses in all the NFL for the last couple, in the last couple of years, especially this year. They didn't play like that. And that's not Baltimore Ravens football. But Burroughs in the back of my got to say, these injuries will hurt the Ravens. The Ravens will be back. Now, what about the Cleveland Browns? Well, the Cleveland Browns pretty much went through the same thing, right? They had injuries, COVID issues. Now, Baker, Baker is should be ready by camp, should be ready by camp next year. You figure Baker Mayfield, you figure injuries were Baker's biggest issue. You figure hopefully Baker will be back next season and he will play way better. At least that's what the Cleveland Browns faithful are thinking. If not, then Baker's going to be on his way out in 2023. Still got one of the better offensive lines in the league. You got a good running game in Chubb and Hunt. Now, the receiving core, it needs to be worked on. Other than maybe Jarvis Landry, how much of the rest of the receivers do you really rely on? Defensively, the talent is there defensively. Injuries, again, injuries hurt Cleveland. But Cleveland is back. 
Now that Pittsburgh Steelers now Pittsburgh Steelers to me still have a pretty decent defense. The secondary needs to be worked on, but that defense still not a bad defense. Yes, you got Najee Harris. There's talk that Juju Smith Schuster could be back next season. He could re up and re sign a new contract. You put him Deont yeah, Deontay Johnson. You put Claypool there. You have receivers. You have a young tight end, Najee Harris. The biggest problem would be is certainly I'm not I'm not keen on the offensive line. I've said that many times over. And do you trust Mason Rudolph or do you trust Dwayne Haskins to lead your team? That's going to be Pittsburgh's biggest issue. So Joe Burrow needs to understand in the back of his mind, hey, yeah, my own division is going to be tough. Glad people that are back from COVID, back from injuries. So no, so I get Joe. Like I said, I get him. He's trying to build a fan base up. He's trying to tell the fans, "Hey, this is not the same old Cincinnati Bengal team that you used to see him." Time will tell. Don't get me wrong. You gotta remember last season. Now last season there was no Jamar Chase to speak of. I get that and understand that. But you got to remember, Burrow had some ups and he had downs in his rookie year. The offensive line was horrible. Now, Joe Mixon was injured last year. And I get it. Burrow was healthy this year. Mixon was healthy this year, played well. We had Jamar Chase. So, yeah, things are different from year one to year two for Joe Burrow. Make no mistake about it. But you got to realize in this league, and everybody will tell you, People catch up to you. They learn stuff. All the great, all the great defensive coordinators in this league will look at tape is off season. And they will find something. They'll find something. They'll find a way to stop Joe Burrow. Certainly find a way to stop Jamar Chase. Now for the Bengal faithful, you still got Higgins, yes, and you still got Tyler Boyd. And that plays to the Bengals' advantage. You can you can double cover Chase all you want. But you got a couple of receivers that can do damage as well. But all I'm saying is this, you know how you know how people they adjust every year. I mean you gotta remember when Chip Kelly came in, coach of Philadelphia Eagles, nobody could stop his offense in the first season. He was untouchable. When year two came around, oh my gosh, the defenses figured it out figured it out pretty quickly. And then well, Chip was out the league. Well, I'm not saying that Joe Burrow is going to be out of the league, but what I will say is this, people will figure out Joe Burrow. People will figure out the Bengals' offense. And once they do, we'll see if Joe Burrow, if Joe Burrow can, does not have to eat his words. But I hope Joe is right. I really do hope that the Bengal faithful can look forward to many more playoffs with Joe Burrow under, under the center. We shall see in time, as time tells. The biggest test will come Sunday. Now, I know some experts, I know there's some experts out there who say, well, Joe has never been involved in a big time game. Well, you gotta understand, wasn't Joe Burrow involved in a national championship game? Yes, he came through in clutch. When he needed to beat Kansas City Chiefs, did he? Yes, he beat the Kansas City Chiefs. We need to win a playoff game, which had been won in 30 years, 31 years. 
we didn't pull that off. So to be able to enjoy has been in pressure situations. Angel has succeeded in pressure situations. Now he's gonna be in another pressure situation again this week against Tennessee. If they somehow, some way, shape, 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 form, get past Tennessee, then the pressure is really gonna be on because then you're one step away from the Super Bowl. And being a Bengal fan, it'd be great to see the Bengals back in the Super Bowl. It certainly would. And after all the heartening, all the heartbreak losses to the San Francisco 49ers, oh my gosh, it would be so great in my lifetime to see the Bengals win a Super Bowl. But I'm not going to jump ahead of myself. So I hope Joe is right. I hope that the Bengal faithful can get used to more playoff victories under their belt. Playoff victories are great. But every franchise wants to be in the Super Bowl, and they certainly want to win it. So, Joe, it's great that the Bengals are in the playoffs, but, the, but as each year goes by, the pressure's going to mount, and it's going to mount. And some of the faithful are going to say, well, Joe, you guys are in the playoffs, but can you get us a Super Bowl? And that, my friend, will be the telltale sign. Can you do that? Now let's talk about a another quarterback that that experts I think that some experts are getting on their on their case about, and that is one Kyler Murray. Now Kyler was off. You know the Cardinals. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people tell you they were off to a great start. Kyler like he was in for an MVP type of year, and then all of a sudden the Cardinals hit the wall. Kyler got hurt. Some of his teammates got hurt. And then he had a down spell. Then he picked it back up. There was another down spell. And they lost to Rams in the playoffs. Now, now people are starting to wonder, well, can the big, will the, I mean, will the Cardinals be winners with Kyler Murray and, and good old Cliff Kingsbury? Now, here's what I will say. You got okay. You have to also look at it. Where were the Cardinals at a few years ago? A couple of years ago, they were probably one of the worst teams in the league. Also, there comes Kyler Murray in there, and Cliff walks in the door. Now it took them a little bit of time, but all of a sudden, the Cardinals have become respectable. And I have to give Cliff credit. Let's be honest with you. He didn't do much as far as a college coach, especially at Texas Tech. He had a losing record. And I'm sure, and like I said, I'm sure a lot of NFL experts, the Cardinals faithful, they'll probably say, well, what, what is going on? Why would you pull a coach out of college that has a losing record? Now, I say Cliff is the greatest coach in the NFL. I'm not going to say that. But Cliff has gotten better as each year has gone by. He has made him respectable. He did get him in the playoffs this year. So you got to give Cliff that. Now, Kyler Murray. I know people crack on Kyler Murray's height. He's only 5'10". Whatever. But let's be honest with you. Do you think any other quarterback can step in and do, and, and do what Kyler Murray has done with the Cardinals? I'm going to say no. Now, for Kyler, I will say this much. Kyler did get hurt. He, did, he had some injuries. He missed some time. 
Now, Colt McCoy didn't do that bad of a job replacing Kyler Murray. Colt McCoy's Colt McCoy's not Kyler Murray, right? He's not. They've had some offensive line injuries. Towards the end of the season, you had both of your running backs that were dinged up. James Conner, who put up some solid numbers for the Cardinals, he was hurt towards the end of the season. Edmonds, he was hurt off and on this year. Now, if we go to the receiving core, DeAndre Hopkins, he got hurt. He got a he had a serious hamstring problem. He missed time. He missed a lot of time. And that was Kyler Murray's number one weapon. Now, A.J. Green, people thought A.J. Green could come in and find and be A.J. Green when he was with the Cincinnati Bengals. A.J.'s not that player anymore. Now, I'm not saying A.J. didn't do that bad of a job because he didn't do that bad of a job. He actually had a little bit of revival, but he's not the same A.J. Green. Now, Kirk, now Kirk, at times, Kirk can, can play well, but he's not consistent enough. And Kirk's not a number one receiver. To me, Kirk's not a number two receiver. Yeah, I think he, he could be he's he, he could be a solid number three receiver, without a doubt. Now, Moore, Rondell Moore is a beast. They've used they use him in so many different ways. But can Rondell's not going to be a number one receiver in the NFL. I don't know if he'd be a number two receiver. Now, he could be a number three receiver like Kirk. But the biggest issue is, other than Hopkins, how much can the Cardinals rely on the receiving core from week to week basis? Now, I like the Zach Ertz pickup. If you bring back Zach Ertz next season, which I think they should, it becomes interesting. But you got to understand, I believe they got they got some free agents. I don't think A.J.'s coming back. I think Christian Kirk's going to be a free agent. I'm not even sure if he comes back. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre's going to be 30 years old next year. And with the hamstring injuries, is DeAndre Hopkins on the downside, on the downside of his career now? Again, that becomes... That becomes a worsen. Now the defense, the Cardinals defense at times did play well this year. And it's still an adequate enough defense. Now JJ Watt, he got hurt. And the Cardinals had injuries. Now, if we're looking ahead next year, the Cardinals are in a tough division. You gotta think about it. You're in the same division with the Rams. You're in the same division with the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Seattle had a bad year this year. They won only six games. And, of course, you got the gripings and rumors of griping between Pat and Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. But you're in a tough division. That division is tough. And you also got the San Francisco 49ers, who the 49ers, we all know, are going to play golf and play the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. It's a tough division. It's one of the tougher divisions in football. But the Cardinals can bounce back. Kyle can get healthy. The running game can get healthy. Maybe add another offensive lineman. Maybe go look for a number two receiver that a consistent number two receiver that you can put with DeAndre Hopkins. Hope DeAndre Hopkins now on the downside of 30 years old. The defense doesn't need to be fixed that much. So for the people who start saying, well, you know, Kyler Murray is 
this is all Kyler Murray's fault. They didn't get further in the playoffs and whatnot. Let's let's be realistic. It's not all Kyler Murray's fault. Unfortunately, in NFL injuries happen. Had COVID happens not only in the NFL but to the world, in the world in general, it happens. And the Cardinals have seemed to improve a little bit every single year. So do you look for improvement this year from the Cardinals? Can the Cardinals, the Cardinals could probably win? The Cardinals could probably win about ten games next season. I don't know what the schedule holds. They could still they could they got a possibility of winning ten games and still got a possibility of getting back to the playoffs. But like everything else, sometimes it does involve luck. Now in the NFL, but life in general, sometimes you gotta be lucky. Somebody once always said, you'd rather be lucky than good, right? I think somebody once said that saying. I've never liked the saying, I'd rather be good because I wouldn't rely on luck so much. But you got to be lucky. And for the Cardinals, everything got to fall right into place. They got to be healthy. In the NFL, it's hard to be healthy for a full 16 or 17 game slate. It's going to be hard to be. I don't think I don't think how I just injuries caught up to Colin Murray. I don't think caught up to him this year. I'm going to be honest with you. He was playing great ball until he got hurt. To me, Colin's like most players in this league. You get hurt sometimes. You don't fully recover from that stuff. And I think this is the situation with Colin Murray. Injuries caught up to him. He came back. I don't think he was fully healthy. And there you go. I mean, you can make the same, you will make an excuse. Baker Mayfield has a situation. You can make that excuse for Baker Mayfield. Injuries, he was injured. Week two, I don't think he ever really fully recovered. In this situation, Russell, I mean, Russell Wilson had injuries, had an injury. Some people thought Russell Wilson never fully recovered from his injury. And that could really be the case. But let's be honest. For those people who think Kyler Murray's not an NFL type quarterback, whether it's a size or whatever the case might be, remember, this guy is a good player. And he has improved every year. So it'll be very interesting to see what the Cardinals can do next year if it's fully healthy. It's a tough decision. I get it and understand it. But don't blame Kyler Murray. Kyle did what he could do. Injuries catch up to us all. In the NFL especially. Or any sports. So for people who want to start blaming Kyler Murray, don't do that. Think again. He's an NFL type quarterback. Well the Cardinals wouldn't be keeping him around, right? Now let's say on the Quarterback bandwagon, if, if I may. Now, let's talk about one issue that's been going back and forth, back and forth, and that's the Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance situation. Well, let me say this: a lot of people criticize Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of people don't think that he is 
that good of a quarterback, some people have said that in this league. The one thing I have to give Jimmy, Jimmy certainly has his ups and downs, and make no mistake about it. But if you look at the track record, they've got a winning record when Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. Take a look at, at, the, at the San Francisco 49ers quarterback situation when Jimmy's not there and he's not starting. It's night and day. They're horrible without Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I get it the buzz that Jimmy's going to be more likely to be gone after the season because they go turn it over to Trey Lance. And Jimmy, to his credit, Jimmy knows this is coming. And Jimmy has not, it's coming up publicly, he's not, you know, throwing a fit or throw a tension tantrum because of it. Jimmy has been professional about this whole thing. He knows it's coming. Now, with all that being said, now granted right now, Jimmy, Jimmy is a banged up man right now. He is going into Green Bay in a situation he's he is, I believe he has a shoulder problem now. And you're going and you're dinged up and you're going into Green Bay where who knows you could have uh, a foot of snow on the ground for all we know. And he could be single digits or even below single digits for all we know. You know how Green Bay can get at this time of year. Now, I get it, they rely on the running game, and Green Bay has had their issues with, with a good running game. And I get that, but to me, to me, Jimmy is, is too dinged up. And I think in this situation, I think Green Bay at home, and Green Bay is getting healthy, whereas San Francisco is dinged up. Jimmy's not only the one issue I'd worry about, Bosa's hurt. Fred Warner, I believe he's hurt as well. You've got other injuries. And to me, it doesn't look too good for the 49ers. Green Bay's on the other side of the stick where they're getting healthier. And San Francisco is not getting healthier. They're getting more dinged up as each game goes on. So to me, I would lean, yes, I would lean towards Green Bay. But, again, we'll go back to Jimmy, to Jimmy G. Now, I'm sure there's plenty of, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of NFL teams out there that might think, might look at Jimmy. The Washington football team. Well, you know, the Washington football team, defensively, they were a disappointment this year. They were supposed to have one of the better defenses in the league. But if you think about it, if Washington could get a halfway decent quarterback, then they could do something. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo would certainly be upgraded over Taylor Heineke. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he had a one-year deal. We're going to assume that he's gone. I don't see Jimmy G with the New York Giants. I don't see it. But in Washington, yeah, I can see him winding up in Washington. Another spot, a lot of people are talking about every, every quarterback that might that might be available the one spot everybody picks them they could go to and you always hear and you all always hear it I know people some say the Pittsburgh Steelers are a possibility for Jimmy G I believe Jimmy G is from Pennsylvania would it be ironic he goes back to goes back to you know well 
close for this way, it would probably be cheaper to get Jimmy Garoppolo than it would to get Russell Wilson out of Seattle, right? Then again, I've never known Pittsburgh's Bills to spend like a lot of draft picks, X amount of dollars or something like that to really go out and get a quarterback. They've had some good ones. I mean, from Terry Bradshaw's to the now, we're, we're all going to sue retiring big men. But in between those two quarterbacks, yeah, you got to admit, they have a lot of issues. So to me, I'm sure Pittsburgh wants to get the quarterback situation right because they don't want to have another gap between Terry Bradshaw and Big Ben because if they don't get it right, yeah, that's going to be an issue. And that's going to be a serious, serious issue. You know, one issue could pop up. What about the Indianapolis Colts? I know they've got Carlson Wentz, but Carlson Wentz disappointed down the stretch. Do they give up? Do they give up all in Carlson Wentz to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo now? I don't know how much of an upgrade Jimmy would be over Carlson Wentz, but I'm just saying, lay it out, lay it out there as a possibility. I get it. What about the Denver Broncos? Well, the Denver Broncos always seems to be a quarterback away. But is Jimmy would Jimmy Grapple be an upgrade over over Teddy Bridgewater? And there's no denying the offense line has improved. They've got Javante Williams now. Melvin Gordon's a free agent. We're gonna assume Melvin's gonna be gone. But your receiving court, you got three solid receivers. You got a decent tight end. Does Jimmy does Jimmy G? What about Jimmy G and the Carolina Panthers? You don't know. Does do the Panthers take a chance on another quarterback? And the offense line to me is not the greatest in the world. Christian McCaffrey will be will be healthy next season. You still got Robbie Anderson and you still got DJ Moore, so you got something to work with there. But how much do you really trust? Yeah, I don't know if I could trust the Panthers brass quite yet. I don't know. And bringing Jimmy G in is going to make that much of a difference for the Panthers. I would say no. Now, what about the New Orleans Saints? Every quarterback I just, just stated a few minutes ago, every quarterback that seems to be on the market, hey, let him go to New Orleans. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo would be certainly an upgrade over Trevor Sidney, Tyson, Tyson Hill, yes. The rookie Ian Bach, yes. Now, I know Jameis Winston, he's a free agent, but he's hurt. Do you, do, yeah, I don't know if they would bring him back. But Garoppolo, yes, Garoppolo would be an upgrade. He would have, he would have a good offensive line. Yeah, and Alvin Kamara is a running back. But the problem is, the 49ers receiving core is a lot better than the New Orleans Saints receiving core. Hands down, no questions asked. I do like the Saints defense, though. The problem is, do you think Michael Thomas is going to come back and be what he once was about three years ago? Don't really know. That's a question we don't have an answer for. But if Michael Thomas can come back and be that guy, if you can find some other receivers, well, maybe the Jimmy G pick might not look as bad. Then again, you go to, well, you think about it, you go to the NFC South. 
The only person you have to worry about would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Because I don't think the Panthers are gonna are gonna beat on beat up on them. And I don't see the Atlanta Falcons really beating up on them. Jimmy G could be in a good spot where all he has to worry about is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and maybe another year of Tom Brady. Eventually at some point in time though, Tom Brady has got his skills have got to drop at some point, right? He's 44 years old, he'll be 45. Beginning of the season. But yeah, right. I mean, the skills have got to go away at some point. They've got to deteriorate. They've got to start dropping off at some point. But maybe next season could be that season. The offense line is fine for Tampa Bay. Then again, you got what Ronald Jones, I believe, is a free agent. I might be wrong on that. He could be gone. Yes, and Eli Fournette still have Mike Evans. But Chris Godwin is coming off of an injury. My guess is Godwin will be gone. Hopefully some, someone else will probably give Godwin some money and hopefully he stays healthy. Well, if Godwin goes, there's no Antonio Brown. Mike Evans, and you can certainly need another receiver. Now, Gronk, let's just say for the sake of argument, Gronk does come back another year. And they do have O.J. Howard. They do have Cameron Brait. But the problem is, do you go out and finally trade O.J. Howard? I don't know. Do you trade a Cameron Brait? So to be honest with you, if you look at the possibilities, maybe Jimmy G and the Saints might not be that bad of an option. But again, like I said before, it all depends on how much the 49 brass has confidence in Trey Lance and he could, what he could do if he could really upgrade from his rookie season, which he has not really, he did play a game. But can Trey Lance wind up being the next big thing at quarterback? Do the 49 brass have that much confidence to the point where they're going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo and let Trey Lance take the ball? Well, as of right now, that appears to be the case, but it will get very interesting if Garoppolo somehow, some way, some shape, in some form can beat the Green Bay Packers in the good NFC Championship game. If that's the case, or for some unexplained reason, the 49ers wind up in the Super Bowl, they don't have to win it. But the thing is, if they even got to that point, then they'll have to sit back and say to themselves, well, wait a minute, maybe we, maybe we, maybe we shouldn't trade Jimmy G. To be honest with you, if they get that far, that's a question. That's a question that they are gonna, gonna have to answer. But for right now, Jimmy's hanging in there, hanging in there tough. He's got a tall order going to Green Bay. He's got he's he's banged up. You go to Green Bay, you go into that cold weather. Well, if that show is not gonna bother is is if that show is bothering him now, it's gonna bother him. A hundred times worse when that cold, when that cold air hits him, when that cold green bear hits him, it's gonna bother him. It's gonna affect him. I wouldn't be totally shocked. It's so I wouldn't be totally shocked if Trey Lance has to come in and he's got to play because Jimmy G is hurt, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens in this game. I would be totally shocked if Jimmy Garoppolo struggles. 
cussing ministries and all the tens and all the tens ladies and gentlemen if we if the Packers are that serious and the Packers come with a game face on and they're as serious as they can be it's going to be a long day for the 49ers doesn't matter about the running game or anything else it's going to be tall for Jimmy I certainly wish Jimmy G the best of luck but Jimmy's too dinged up and I don't know if he's going to be able to hang in that Green Bay in that Green Bay weather. But Jimmy certainly got some options this offseason. Do the 49ers bring him back? Does he go somewhere else? Options, 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 right? What do you do? I guess the 49ers brass, that's a question they're going to have to answer themselves. Now we'll go out here and we're going to discuss a rumor mill that's going around. And now we're, we'll get back into the Jim Harbaugh talk. Now, a couple of episodes ago, I had talked about Jim Harbaugh and he'll go back into the NFL. Now, of course, you hear the rumors, and of course, I've been hearing the rumors. Um, there's been two places that have come out here of late. One is the Chicago Bears. Now, Chicago could be an interesting, could be an interesting fit for uh, Jim Harbaugh. Let's, let's be honest with you, Jim Harbaugh was drafted by the Chicago Bears. He played under Mike Ditka. He was a starting quarterback coach for the Chicago Bears. Then he went off and signed with the, he went off and signed with the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the one thing you gotta give Jim Harbaugh credit is General Jim Harbaugh does have a track record when he was successful in the NFL. He spent four years in the 49ers, and I believe his record was like 44 and 18, which is very damn good. If you ask me or ask any NFL analyst whatsoever, it's good. Now Harbaugh's stock is probably as high as it's gonna be right now. He got the Michigan Wolverines, they finally did win a big team championship. They finally did beat Ohio State. Maybe after it seemed like a million tries, they finally did it. And he did get him at least into the Final Four of the National Championship game. And, of course, Georgia went in there and beat him up. And then again, Georgia ended up beating Alabama up and won the National Championship. So if you want to say that, hey, Jim lost to the eventual National Champions, yeah, you can use that if you want to. But Jim in Chicago... You gotta sit back and you gotta look at what Jim has got to work with if he goes to Chicago Bears. Now, you've got a young quarterback in Justin Fields. Now, now there's even a rumor that I've heard, I've, I've even heard buzz about a possible trade of Fields. They, they, they might even trade Fields. I've heard this, and I'm thinking to myself, it's like you just drafted this. Drafted his quarterback last season, you think he's going to be the savior, and now all of a sudden, rumors are out there that maybe they can trade Fields for some 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 draft picks for some draft picks. To me, I don't know. I don't see Fields going anywhere. Maybe Fields your quarterback of the future. Stick with him. Now, it's interesting. Harbaugh comes in to coach the Bears. You gotta remember, he coached one Colin Kaepernick, and 
did do that out of John Kaepernick. You have to wonder, can Harbaugh step in and help and guide Fields? Well, the problem with that would be is this. There's no offense line to speak of. Well, I miss David Montgomery. The only receiver you trust right now is Daryl Mooney. Because I'm figuring out Robbins is going to be gone. He's going to be elsewhere next season. The, deep, the Bears defense. The Bears defense didn't play up to capabilities this year, in my opinion. They didn't play up to capabilities. So you have to wonder, if Harbaugh, would he really go to the Chicago Bears? Do you, is the Chicago Bears that good of a fit for Jim Harbaugh? I don't really know. If I had to guess and had to venture to say, I'm becoming Chicago Bear fans, you won't get Jim Harbaugh. I don't know who you would get, but it's not going to be Harbaugh. Now, I've heard the blue report is, what is it, the Raiders? Now, the rumor is that Mark Davis and Jim Harbaugh do have some, some type of relationship. I got to say this about that. He does have a quarterback in Derek Carr, who's underrated. The offensive line, I'm not the biggest offensive line fan in the world, but it's better than Chicago's. He does have a good running back in Josh Jacobs. You have one consistent receiver in Hunter Renfro, but you need to work on the rest of the receiver core. I got nothing against Waller. Darren Waller's one of the best high ends in this league. The defense, well, the defense has improved. This is probably the best defense Raiders have had probably in a few years. But it still needs to be worked on. Now I'll say this. He probably has a better situation with the Raiders than he did with the Bears. I'm not going to deny that. But to me the best fit for Jim Harbaugh would be same same conference, same division. The Denver Broncos. Everything's in place for Jim Harbaugh all but one thing a quarterback and Jim and Jimmy could probably go out and get somebody to help bring somebody in and get the best out of them to me that's the best spot Jim Harbaugh because I think Jim Harbaugh can take Denver over the top I think Jim could beat up on I think Jim could beat the Broncos I think he could do very well against the Chargers I think Harbaugh could even split against the Chiefs. But that would be a nice spot. If you want my opinion, Jim Harbaugh, Denver. I can see it. It'd be a nice little spot for him. Now, Denver is talking to several people from Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, and Dan Quinn. I do like I kinda I do like the Dan Quinn part in Denver. I like that. But for the Denver Broncos faithful, if you're listening, get on the phone, give, give Jim a call. See if Jim wants to come to Denver. I think Jim could be the guy that could, that could get Denver a little bit over the top, get them back into the playoffs. But I'm sure you go here, you've got all these openings, and I'm sure Harbaugh's name, among many others, is going to be floated around until the jobs and those jobs get filled. But I'll say this, Harbaugh in Denver.
to my Denver fan, to my Denver faithful out there. Fledger office. It's for Jim in there. See Jim will be interested in coming to Denver. Now, I've heard the reports that maybe Jim could be using the uh, galore of the NFL to maybe, shall we say, maybe try to get him more money for Michigan. Maybe add a few years to that contract. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that a bit. I'm sure any any college coach that's maybe just thrown around, just thrown around as far as NFL jobs go, they probably do the same thing. Let's be honest with you. We heard Lincoln Riley's name at one point in time get thrown around as a possible NFL head coach in the future. I mean, that was what he talked about at one point in time. But of course, now Lincoln's gone on to Southern Cal, and the Southern Cal faithful are going absolutely nuts because they feel that he will bring them, will get them back to the promised land. Time will tell about that. But once again, my faithful to my faithful listeners if you're in Denver I don't care what you gotta do tweet it, Facebook it Instagram it, TikTok it whatever you gotta do see if you can convince your um, front office give Jimmy, give Jimbo a call see if he's interested just saying and not saying that's gonna happen but it'd be, I think it'd be, I think that would be the best fit in the world for the Denver Broncos, Jim Harbaugh. Because to me, I think Jim can make things very interesting in the AFC West, and I really believe he could certainly get Denver back in, back to respectability and get him back into the playoffs. They're almost there. They're almost on the cusp of the playoffs. They're just about there. But you need that quarterback, and you need that coach that can put you push them. Just a little bit on the edge. Jim can do that. Again, just saying. But ladies and gentlemen, I will spend my last few minutes, we'll say last, maybe nine minutes or so, at least I'm going to try to. Um, there's a subject that has been brought up that I have read up on. And um, I think I read about this. It might have been a few days ago, maybe a week ago. That people talk about the Rooney, the Rooney rule. And someone made a comment, and I can't remember, I don't know if it was from a Yahoo or an ESPN article that I read, or it could have been from NFL.com. And there was an article that somebody said that sometimes the only people, the Rooney, I think the only people that really take the Rooney rule serious are the Pittsburgh Steelers, because I guess because they hired Mike Tomlin. Now, I will agree now. I do agree with the statement. It's not only it's not only African American coaches, but Hispanic coaches as well. So I don't want to I don't want to disrespect even the Hispanic coaches. There are some that really deserve deserve to be head coaches in this league, but there's also a lot of African American coaches in this league as well. Now, I know that some owners. I know some ownerships, they always look back at it. They want to find the next great coach, and they feel, let's, let's dip into college. There's this hot, hot coordinator. We need to go get him. And a lot 
Club, a lot of NFL clubs do kind of, and it's, and it's true, and it's true, people don't get it, but I think a lot of NFL owners, and they're not going to come out and they're not going to admit it, but I think they do kind of ignore the Rooney Rule, and that's sad, because there's a lot of African-American coordinators, whether you're a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, I don't care if you're a special teams coach, there are a lot of great, there are a lot of great African-American coaches out there. Um, you know, what about the job that Leslie Frazier has done with the Buffalo Bills defense? My gosh, he has done an outstanding job. And I think he's gotten a buzz on some possible coaching gigs. Byron Leftwich has done a good job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think even the Jacksonville Jaguars, where he was drafted from, they've talked to him. Byron has done a pretty good job the last couple of years. Another good job with... Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and running a system. And then Tom Brady has even endorsed him. Well, if Tom Brady can endorse you, that's saying quite a bit, right? And there's others out there. I mean, Todd Bowles. I mean, Todd Bowles. I believe Todd Bowles is getting, is getting, is getting a look, a look-see as well from other teams as well. And this is, this is good. Every year you have that coach. I mean, Eric Bieniemy, which I guess Eric's thing is, Eric, the Kansas City Chiefs are always here in the last several years seems to always be in the playoffs. But Eric's a very intelligent, very intelligent offensive coordinator. And I'm sure he, he, he also gets looks as well. In some ways, hopefully this is a move in the right direction because you're having coaches now, these African-American coaches that are stepping up and they are some great coaches and they can hopefully, hopefully not only this off-season, but you're hoping Further on down the road, that that's that, that you will get more coaches, African American coaches in the league. Now, I believe somebody says Mike Tomlin is the only coach in the league, and Mike Tomlin's track record: fifteen years with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they have never had a losing season. That's saying something. Doesn't care. If you're Caucasian, African-American, or Hispanic, that's saying something. That you can coach a team for 15 solid years and not have a losing record. That is certainly saying something. And I hate to say it is, it is, it's, it's sad that there's not more African-Americans, coaches, Hispanic coaches as well, that do not get these opportunities. And there's a lot of out there. And they should be given every opportunity under the sun. And you hopefully, you hopefully, as the years go by, you hope that you hopefully that people will be they will start getting these jobs. They will get the jobs because there's a lot of great, a lot of great minds out there. There's a lot of guys that have had coaching experience, like Alexis Frazier or Todd Bowles. And it might not have worked out the first time, but this time around, they're more experienced, and they should be getting second chances for the great for the great work they have done. I know, or was it uh, Vance Joseph? He's with the uh, I believe his name has gotten thrown out there. He is the Cardinals defensive coordinator. He's done a good job with that unit, and his name has been thrown out there as well. I hope, guys. I really hope. I wish Leslie Frazier. 
I wish the Martin Luthers of the world, Todd Bowles, Vance Joseph, and there's many others out there, Eric Benins of the world. I wish them all the best in the world. I hope they get a job. I hope, I hope they get a job. One of those head coaching jobs. I hope, I hope the guys I mentioned, I hope they all get a head coaching gig. I really do. Whether it's on the NFL level, maybe you want to go back to college and coach, you know, coach college. I think it's great. But yes, I agree. I just say it. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers because they might be the only team that really gets the rude rule. That's sad. The rude rule was put in place for one thing. That was to give these African Americans, to give the Hispanics coaches an opportunity to interview for these NFL jobs. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people will take the hottest, maybe a Caucasian coach, and say, hey, I need to get this man, I need, I need to get him in here. Instead of looking at a guy that's, instead of looking at somebody that is, shall we say, is, has coached up a good offense like they've been in the last few years. For a guy with Legend Frazier, who's done an actually outstanding job the last couple of years with the Buffalo Bills defense. And you can go on and on and on. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot. Hopefully, you know, hopefully one day as um, we just recently celebrated Martin Luther King's birthday here recently. And what is that speech? You had a dream that all would be created equal. That day, you certainly hope that day will be here, or it will get here. But unfortunate, even I'm a, even I'm a Caucasian. And Martha Luther King had some great words, great wisdom. Unfortunate. Here we are many, many years later after that speech. And unfortunately, in this world, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, whatever sport you want to talk about, but unfortunately, life as well. Unfortunately, we're still fighting. Still, unfortunately, we're still fighting battles. Not only for the, uh, the African Americans, not only for the Hispanics. The Asians as well. We're still fighting that battle. We're still fighting the battle of of non-equality, and that's a shame, because here we are, the greatest country in the world, and some people can say otherwise, but this is still the best country in the world. It's a shame. All these years later, many, many, many years later, we still can't get it right, and that's a sad thing. We should be able to get it right. But unfortunately, we can't get it right. Will we ever get it right? You know, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that question. I really seriously hope one day that we do live in a world where we do get it right. Well, that's all for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for listening. And, uh, I will see you next time.